K-O-P-N... <laughs> I can't even say it tonight. K-O-P-N Columbia. 89.5 FM.
have it. Wonderful stuff. That's Sun Kill Moon. The song is called Glenn Tipton. Whew. And uh, it's Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And it's about six minutes after 11 o'clock on the 24th of July, 2006. And we'll be hearing more from Sun Kill Moon uh, this first hour of the program. I've got something sort of different in mind that I just came up with in the car about 15 minutes ago. So, as usual, the unexpected here. So, anyway, here's the deal. Uh, I'm really tired, and um, it's been it's a difficult time right now for for lots of people, uh, people who are empathetic to the uh, you know the situation in many places on this planet right now. Not just in the Middle East. That's been in the in the news a lot lately, and there's a tremendous amount of ill will and nastiness and meanness going on in that part of the world. But there's also, you know, tremendous suffering and strife all over this planet. There are thousands of children that die every day because they haven't enough to eat or enough to drink. You know, water, clean water, the things that we all take for granted is in real short supply in many, many parts of the world. You know, 95% of the world is is cringing right now. And uh, some people in a whole lot of trouble. So uh, children in particular. And I think tonight we're going to dedicate the show uh, to all the children, wherever they may be on this planet. And I'm just going to play a lot of music throughout the first hour here. And I'm going to say a prayer, too, a short prayer that I'm going to share with everyone now and uh, in a few moments here. And I'm probably going to say it a few times during the first hour over music, whatever, I don't know, whatever I decide to do with it. But it's a simple prayer, and it's not a prayer for any particular god or goddess. It's just a prayer to the soul of the world. And it goes like this. Protect the children and bind the hands and the tools of those who would harm them. Simple. Alright, that's the prayer. Protect the children and bind the hands and the tools of those who would harm them. Alright. So that's the thought for tonight. The music for this first hour uh, was inspired uh, thanks to my cousin. I'm not even sure if he's my cousin. But uh, his name is Bradley, and he's a wonderful young man who lives in Seattle, and he sent this CD to me last year. It's one of my favorite. This guy, Mark Kozilek, is a brilliant songwriter and musician and really does it from the heart. So we're going to play a lot of Sun Kill Moon for this first hour. It's a new moon tonight, uh, as a matter of fact. Very dark out. It's all right, though. The moon will be coming back starting tomorrow. We're going to sidestep space weather and the news and everything else that we were going to do this first hour. Oh, by the way, Marco Roden uh, will be with us uh, at the top of the hour here at midnight, okay? So we're not going to completely uh, roll the apple cart over here, but just this first hour, all right? But anyway, Marco Roden, the amazing Marco Roden, returning to the program. He was on back in May, I think May 8th. If you missed that program, you can check it out on the web. Uh, all these programs are archived 
at my site, uh, www.mikehagan.com, and we make this stuff available to everybody, and you can listen and share as you see fit, okay? And uh, with that in mind, before we get too deeply into the show here, thank you to everybody who makes this possible, the KOPN for providing the vehicle, uh, for Larry Norager, the wonderful guy who does my website and allows me another vehicle to reach the rest of the world, and um, the people at Cosmic Waves Radio, Carrie and Paul and everybody else over there that, that gets the live stream going for us every Monday night so that people who are uh, wanting to anywhere on the planet can hear this show for three hours. And uh, we also do some live uh, webcasting outside of the Monday night program. I do some things on Fridays and, and Saturdays sometimes. I've done that a couple times over the last couple months. We did a great show with Mary Sparrow Dancer uh, on the 14th of July, actually. That was a Friday night show. And uh, I'm going to try to do more of that stuff, all right? Anyway, thanks to Larry and uh, thanks to the people at Cosmic Waves Radio. Thanks to everybody here at KOPN. I love you guys all and girls. Okay, so uh, one other thank you to Elena. Elena Tanetti Vladimirova. Beautiful woman, informative show, uh, talking about babies, conscious, natural birthing, birthing of babies without trauma or at least with minimal trauma, trying to minimize the, the, the difficulty that children uh, experience when they come into the world. It's hard enough once they get here. <laughs> so we could at least try to make it easy, the transition for them, you know. Anyway, Elena's doing great work, and I appreciate everything that she's doing. Wonderful stuff. Thanks, Elena, and I hope you're listening. Okay, so Marco Roden at midnight, and in the meantime, sun kill moon, all right? And one more time, this show for the kids everywhere, all right? It's time to start taking care of the children, all of the children, not just our children, the children, all right, it's Mike. You're listening to KOPN Radio Orbit. Be back in just a minute.
All right, KOPN Columbia. It's Radio Orbit. This is Mike Hagan. It's about 17 after the hour, and uh, we're going to change things up. If you didn't hear uh, or you missed at the top of the hour, we're just going to play a lot of music during the first hour here. I'm very tired, and I'm not feeling very well, and I just want uh, to dedicate this program to the children of planet Earth, wherever they may be. And uh, the music that you're hearing is a band called Sun Kill Moon. And uh, the little clicking you hear in the background, if you can hear that funky sound, that's my friend Bob, actually, uh, Bob Bolt, who came down to the studio tonight, and he's hanging with me here. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. I really needed the extra energy tonight. And, uh, and a new friend as well, Matthew, who's here. So, Matt, nice to meet you, too. Anyway, a couple of guys here with me in the studio. We're going to play some more music here. Uh, but uh, one more time, my little prayer for the children, okay? Protect them. Protect the children and bind the hands and the tools of those who would harm them. Say it loud, people. All right, here's some more music from Sun Kill Moon. This album, by the way, is called Ghosts of the Great Highway. And that last song was called Carry Me, Ohio. I love it. And uh, this one here, Salvador Sanchez. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN, Columbia.
Yeah, uh, by the way, I was reading about Winston Churchill today, I was going to say. I don't even know if that's what we were talking about, Bob. But anyway, it's Mike. Ward Churchill. Ward Churchill. Anyway, I got Winston Churchill in my mind, what a jerk he was. But, uh, uh, and he was really interesting, the way he talked about history. He said, you know, uh, history, I will be remembered kindly by history. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He said something like that. History will remember me, you know, kindly, because I will write it. Yeah. That's what he said. When he also, sober. Yeah. Uh, he also talked about how uh, there was, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it back in a few minutes, and I'm actually going to quote his ass, all right, uh, before I get out of line here and make a mistake. Anyway, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And uh, you're listening to the music of Sun Kill Moon. That last song was called Salvador Sanchez. And uh, we've got more from Sun Kill Moon coming up here for the rest of the first hour here. But I have a couple things that I want to mention, actually. We're doing things different, but, um, you know, I, it's been revelation after revelation today. And things I know but forgot are just all coming back. Anyway, the first thing that I forgot is that the 25th of July, which will be rolling around here in 32 minutes, is the two-year anniversary of the program. The first show I ever did was on uh, July 25th, 2004, with Kent Stedman. And it was Saturday night. Well, it was a Sunday morning, actually. 2 a.m. I used to do the 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. thing for almost a year. And... uh, Anyway, Kent Stedman, my wonderful friend, the bard, the wizard from Seattle. Kent was on the program two years ago tonight. And uh, so it's a special night for me, even though I didn't really realize it until uh, just recently. And also, there's another thing that's going on uh, that uh, I'll tell you more about here after we play a song, but it has to do with the Mayan calendar. And the Mayan calendar has a particular day in it that... Uh, on the Gregorian calendar, translates to July 25th. And I'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. But uh, the bottom line is uh, July 25th is a special day in the Mayan calendar, even though they don't designate it as July 25th, obviously. But it's something that's called the day out of time. And uh, so I'd like to take a day out of time myself, I think. And we'll play some more music, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the day out of time. When we come back from this song, and we'll also, I have a couple things that I think I'm going to do now, uh, now that I'm getting some more energy here. So, anyway, stick around. It's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit. We got Marco Roden coming up at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about his mathematics and the implications of his mathematics. This is the deal. I mean, Marco, if you if you can if you can grasp the in, the implications of what this man has done, well. There are solutions to lots and lots of problems. Uh, things like energy, for example. Now, this is a problem that nobody wants really to solve, uh, but it's solvable. We have all the, uh, we have, we have the answers. It's not a, not a question of finding the answers. It's a problem of facing the answers. It's time to face it that we have answers. We just have to do something about it. You know, Marco Roden is one of many that that has some real-world applications that come from his work and his research. And the guy's struggling to find a place to work. And uh, it's unbelievable. And it's happening to all kinds of wonderful men and women who are doing great work. I mean, it turns out that the people that are really doing the great work are the ones that are abs- absolutely uh, you know, trodden upon. But, but that game's about to change, man. That game is about to change. 
and people like Marco Roden, you know, and Michael Heisen, and Dr. Paul Laviolette, and Joe Pierce, and, uh, you know, Star Newland, and Elena, and all of these people, you know, uh, Dennis McKenna, of course, and, you know, the list goes on and on. Just go look at my archives, and you'll find a whole bunch of people that need support and recognition and, you know, just a pat on the back to say that you recognize what they're doing and what they're trying to do. I mean, these people are outrageous, and they are doing amazing things in the face of utter adversity and cruelty and meanness. You have no idea what some of these people have been through, what Paul Laviolette has been through as a doctor, as a Ph.D., brilliant man, what he has had to put up with, you know, and Dr. Heisen and, you know, and all of these wonderful people who are doing nothing more than try to help the people and the children of this planet. And you got a bunch of punks that have a bunch of weapons and a bunch of money and they own most of the media, but they're just scared children. I mean, they're just, they're just children. And that's the real irony of it is that they're the ones that need the help more than anyone. You know, clowns like Rumsfeld and Cheney and Condi Rice and these idiots. I mean, my God, they need prayers, right? Because they've been deeply harmed. Anyone that can be as, as, as mean as these people are, they've obviously been really hurt in their past, you know? And I'm not just picking on American leaders. It's all the leaders. It turns out that that's what basically you need to do to be a leader on this planet. You've got to be a miserable SOB. That's why they're all alone. That's why you never see them in love. You ever see Condi Rice with a smile on her face? No. She's not in love. She can't stand people. She loves to kill people. I mean, that's her deal. That, I mean, that's, why, that's, why no one, uh, that's why no one is with these people. You know? It's because they have no desire to be with people. They have no interest in love. You know? And if you haven't noticed, uh, you know, the whole situation is one of lovelessness. And this is, you know, I blush to say it, but that's what's required. We just need some love, you know. People need to start loving one another. And, you know, Condi Rice, sorry to pick on you right now, but, you know, be a woman, Condi. Let it flow, baby, all right? Take off your suit. You're trying to be a man. You're trying to be a man. You're not a man. You're a woman. You've got more power than any of these men if you just suck it up and do it. And what you need to do as a woman is start to protect the children. That's what all of the women need to be doing is protecting the children. All right? Your children and the children. All of them. There are plenty of children in need everywhere. In every county in the United States of America, right? In every city, there's someone right down the block who needs you. There are children who need help. They don't need bombs. In this country or anywhere else, they need food, they need love. They need water, they need a safe place. A safe, secure place to become human beings not animals. As much as people would like to make you think it, we are not animals. You know, we are human beings. It's in there, in every one of us. The animal's in there too. But we are human beings.
And it's every child's birthright to grow up as a full, complete, loving, expressive, and happy human being. Not someone who's frightened to death. Like the people that are running the world, digging holes for themselves. They're all digging their bunkers and running like scared little cockroaches. You know? You know why they dig holes? Is because they can't stand the light of day. They can't stand it. All right? Well, watch space weather, okay? Keep an eye on Soul, our star, because she's bright. And there's lots of light coming. There's lots of light coming from lots of different places. And that's why there's a lot of people digging holes. All right? Well, there's no need to dig holes, as far as I'm concerned. I love the light. I'll stand right in it. I stare at the sun. I stare at it. And I can see fine. It's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit. We'll be back in a few minutes.
Uh, it's Mike. You're listening to KOPN Columbia. It's Radio Orbit. And uh, 11.42. Just a few minutes left, 18 minutes or so left uh, for the day here. And then we'll get on with July 25th, the two-year anniversary, as it turns out, for Radio Orbit. And uh, also, we're 20 minutes away from the day out of time, as it were, uh, something that's celebrated in the Mayan tradition and the calendrical system that they use. And, you know, people should know that there are lots of different calendars, and there have been many different calendars over many different years, and, uh, you know, calendars change just like everything does. But the Mayan calendar is an interesting one, and it's based on 13 months of 28 days, 13 equal months. There's a novel concept to actually have months that are uh, the same length all year. But anyway, 13 months of 28 days, and 13 times 28 is, uh, we should ask Marco, but I think it's 364. Well, there's one more day of the year, right? 365. So what do you do with that extra day? You call it the day out of time. And it's a day of renewal. It's a day of chilling with your brothers and your sisters and loving the children and taking care of one another before the cycle renews and rolls over and begins anew on the following day. So, happy day out of time coming up to everybody. And, uh, you know, calendars are an interesting thing. We were talking about it here in the studio just a few minutes ago, but there's something that's taken for granted uh, wherever they're used. But calendars are our are, are primary mechanism of control. Uh, if you look at the uh, history of warfare, you'll find out that whenever a, uh, a general or a, or a power is successful in a military campaign and takes over another country or another culture, the first thing they do is, is eliminate the old calendar and slap in the new calendar, i.e. Caesar's calendar, right, or the Gregorian calendar, which we have right now, but there have been many different calendars uh, in the past, and and I'm sure there will, hopefully there will be some new calendars in the future. I'd like to see us revert back to a, a 13 moon, 28 day calendar, actually. It's the way that the world actually works, the way that the sun and the moon and the stars actually work. Uh, it's actually based on, you know, uh, the, the movement of the heavens. Not just some silly idea, you know, that was you know, come up with by, uh, you know, a Roman emperor or, you know, a beady-eyed eunuch or something like that, all right? Anyway, uh, so 13 months, 28 days, 364 days total, one extra for the day out of time. Here it is, happy day out of time, and it is uh, the one-year anniversary of the one-year anniversary of Radio Orbit. So it's the two-year anniversary, and we're going to be celebrating the party, actually, on August 14th. Anybody who wants to come down here to the station and uh, celebrate with us, two weeks from tonight, no, three weeks from tonight, I guess, we're going to have a little uh, two-year birthday celebration. So I welcome anyone who'd like to come down and join us, okay? All right, we're going to have Marco Roden in about 15 minutes, and I'm going to play some more music here from Sun Kill Moon. You know, I love the song uh, Glenn Tipton. That was the first track on the CD, and for those of you who are astute, Glenn Tipton was a guitar player for Judas Priest, 
and he had a partner, another guy named K.K. Downing, and they, uh, they used to have these great guitar solos that they would trade off and go back and forth. Anyway, the song is wonderful. You heard it at the beginning of the show, but uh, it's sort of what really hooked me on Sun Kill Moon. So we're going to play more from them, and let's see, the track is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. This is called Dooku Kim, and uh, it's a long song. And I'm going to play the whole thing, and about halfway through or so, I'm probably going to start talking over it and reading something to y'all. And then we'll come back at the top of the hour with Marco Roden. And one more time, if you forgot, the show tonight dedicated to the children of planet Earth. May they be protected. May they be protected. All right? And one more time, that prayer we've been saying goes just like this. Protect the children and bind the hands and the tools of those who would harm them. Easy enough. It's Mike, you're listening to KOPN Radio Orbit.
All right, hi, it's Mike. I'm going to jump in here for a few minutes, all right? I'd like to read a wonderful story. It's another prayer, as a matter of fact. This is called the War Prayer. And it goes out to all the people beating the drum and bleeding over their most favorite ideology. And uh, Kent and I, my friend Kent Stedman, we decided that we're going to come up with a, uh, a new award. I mean, it's called the, the Dumber Than a Cord of Wood Award. So anyway, all the clowns are out now competing once again. All the war bangers competing for the Dumber Than a Cord of Wood Award. And uh, we'll see who gets it this time, all right? In the meantime, we'll make art. It was a time of great exalting excitement. The country was up in arms. The war was on and every breast burned the holy fire of patriotism. The drums were beating, the bands playing, the toy pistols popping, the bunched firecrackers hissing and sputtering. On every hand and far down the receding and fading spread of roofs and balconies, a fluttering wilderness of flags flashed in the sun. Daily, the young volunteers marched down the wide avenue, gay and fine, in their new uniforms. The proud fathers and mothers and sisters and sweethearts cheering them with voices choked with happy emotion as they swung by. Nightly, the packed mass meetings listened panting to patriot oratory, which stirred the deepest deeps of their hearts, and which they interrupted at briefest intervals with cyclones of applause, the tears running down their cheeks the while... In the churches, the pastors preached devotion to flag and country and invoked the God of battles beseeching his aid in our good cause, in outpourings of fervid eloquence which moved every listener. It was indeed a glad and gracious time, and the half-dozen rash spirits that ventured to disapprove of the war and cast a doubt upon its righteousness straightway got such a stern and angry warning that for their personal safety's sake, they quickly shrank out of sight and offended no more in that way. Sunday morning came. Next day the battalions would leave for the front. The church was filled. The volunteers were there, their young faces alight with martial dreams, visions of the stern advance, the gathering momentum, the rushing charge, the flashing sabers, the fight of the foe, the tumult, the enveloping smoke, the fierce pursuit, the surrender. Then home from the war, bronzed heroes welcomed, adored, submerged in golden seas of glory. With the volunteers sat their dear ones, proud, happy, and envied by the neighbors and friends who had no sons and brothers to send forth to this field of honor, there to win for the flag, or failing, die the noblest of noble deaths. The service proceeded. A war chapter from the Old Testament was read. The first prayer was said, it was followed by an organ burst that shook the building, and with one impulse the house rose with glowing eyes and beating hearts and poured out that tremendous invocation. God, the all-terrible, thou who ordainest, thunder thy clarion and lighten thy sword. Then came the long prayer. None could remember the like of it for passionate pleading and moving the beautiful language. The burden of its supplication was that an ever-merciful and benignant father of all would watch over our noble young soldiers and aid, comfort, and encourage them in their patriotic work. Bless them. Shield them in the day of battle. 
and the hour of peril. Bear him and bear them in his mighty hand. Make them strong and confident, invincible in the bloody onset. Help them to crush the foe. Grant to them and to their flag and country imperishable honor and glory. An aged stranger entered and moved with slow, noiseless step up the main aisle, his eyes fixed upon the minister, his long body clothed in a robe that reached to his feet, his head bare, his white hair descending in a frothy cataract to his shoulders, his seamy face unnaturally pale, pale even to ghastliness. With all eyes following him and wondering, he made his silent way. Without pausing, he ascended to the preacher's side and stood there waiting. With shut lids, the preacher, unconscious of his presence, continued with his moving prayer, and at last finished it with the words uttered in fervent appeal. Bless our arms. Grant us the victory, O Lord, our God, Father, and protector of our land and flag. The stranger touched his arm, motioned him to step aside. The startled minister did, and he took his place. During some moments, he surveyed the spellbound audience with solemn eyes in which burned an uncanny light. Then in a deep voice, he said, I come from the throne bearing a message from Almighty God. The words smote the house with a shock. If the stranger perceived that he gave no attention, he has heard the prayer of his servant, your shepherd, and will grant it if such shall be your desire after I, his messenger, shall have explained to you its import. That is to say, its full import. For it is like unto many of the prayers of men, in that it asks for more than he who utters it is aware of, except he pause and think. God's servant and yours has prayed his prayer. Has he paused and taken thought? Is it one prayer? No, it is two. One uttered, the other not. Both have reached the ear of him who heareth all supplications, the spoketh and the unspoken. Ponder this, keep it in mind. If you would beseech a blessing upon yourself, beware, lest without intent you invoke a curse upon your neighbor at the same time. If you pray for a blessing of rain upon your crop which needs it, the act you are possibly praying for, you are asking for a curse upon your neighbor's crop which may not need rain and can be injured by it. You have heard your servant's prayer, the uttered part of it. I am commissioned of God to put into words the other part of it, the part which the pastor and also you in your hearts fervently prayed silently and ignorantly and unthinkingly. God granted that it was so. You heard these words, grant us the victory, O Lord our God. That is sufficient. The whole of the uttered prayer is compact into those pregnant words. Elaborations were not necessary. When you have When you have prayed for victory, you have prayed for more unmentioned results which follow victory, which must follow it, cannot help but follow it. Upon the listening spirit of God fell also the unspoken part of the prayer. He commanded me to put it into words. Listen. O Lord, our Father, our young patriots, idols of our hearts, go forth to battle. Be thou near them, with them, in spirit. We also go forth from the sweet peace of our beloved firesides to smite the foe. O Lord, our God, Help us to tear their soldiers to bloody shreds with our shells. Help us to cover their smiling fields with the pale forms of their patriot dead. Help us to drown the thunder of their guns with the shrieks of their wounded, writhing in pain. Help us to lay waste their horrible and humble homes with a hurricane of fire. Help us to wring the hearts of their unoffending widows with unavailing grief. Help us to turn them off roofless and with little children to wander unfriended in the wastes of their desolated land in rags and hunger and thirst, sports of the sun flames of summer and the icy winds of winter, broken in spirit, worn with travail, imploring thee for the refuge of the grave and denied it. For our sakes who adore thee, Lord, blast their hopes, blight their lives, 
protect their bitter pilgrimage, make heavy their steps, water their way with their tears, stain the white snow with the blood of their wounded feet. We ask it in the spirit of love, of him who is the source of love and who is the ever faithful refuge and friend of all that sore beset and seek his aid with humble and contrite hearts. Amen. Ye have prayed it. If ye still desire it, speak. The messenger of the Most High waits. It was believed afterward that the man was a lunatic because there was no sense in what he said. Well, there's sense in what he said, folks. And it's coming to the fore. This is Mike Hagen. You're listening to Radio Orbit. We'll be back in just a minute with Marco Roden. Check it out on the web, www.mikehagen.com. of the musical group Yachai. You have entered into a world of myth and magic, of light and dark, a realm where the hero's quest, the multi-faceted gem of eternal truth, is ever-present. Welcome to Radio Orbit with Mike Hagen. Okay. So, Marco is probably on the line. We're not going to bring him on quite yet because I'm running a little bit behind here. But uh, I do want to say thank you to Marco for doing the show tonight. We'll get with you in just a moment. And thanks to the guys from Sun Kill Moon for wonderful music during that first hour. It is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia. We're going to start things off here with a tribute to the man who's going to be talking with us for the next couple of hours. His name is Marco Roden. I'll tell you more about him in just a few minutes. Uh, but uh, here's a wonderful piece of music that was written for Marco and uh, with regard to his wonderful work. It's called Nidor, N-I-D-O-R, and it's by uh, a wonderful band called Mantuan Bard, primarily the work of my friend Michael Pacheco up there in the Pacific Northwest. All right, so here it is. It's Nidor, and uh, it's Mike Edition to Radio Orbit. We'll be back in just a minute with Marco Roden.
the Mantuan Bard. That song is called Nidor. And it was in honor of the man who's on the phone with me right now. His name is Marco Roden. And I read this particular uh, introduction the last time he was on the program in May. He was with us on the 8th of May, I should say. The show is in the archives if you'd like to listen to it. It's very interesting, and it would probably help you to uh, understand more clearly the program that you're about to hear now. So, without further delay, check this out. Okay, this is a, a note or a statement that was made by Russell Blake. Russell Blake was the senior research engineer at Microsoft for a long, long time. He was Bill Gates' right-hand man, and he is a, uh, a brilliant mathematician and a brilliant mind uh, who is recognized around the planet as such. This is a statement that he made about Marco Roden. And I'm not sure exactly when it was made, but we can ask Marco in a minute. Check this out. To whom it may concern, two years ago I met Marco Roden through a mutual acquaintance. Mr. Roden shared some of his results with me at that time. It became clear to me that Mr. Roden's work was a synthesis of numerical patterns which had previously been overlooked by conventional science and mathematics. In hopes of bridging the gap between Mr. Roden's discoveries and conventional science, I put forth an analytical framework in which mathematical formulae generate the numerical patterns of the Roden torus. These formulae suggest that the Roden torus lies not just on the surface of the donut shape, but into the interior as well. In other words, the Roden torus is three-dimensional. This mathematical formulation is as yet incomplete and the physical meaning of these numerical phenomena remain unexplored still. Yet in my career, I have several times discovered new mathematical formulations which have led to new products. In the late 70s, I discovered atomic modeling, which revolutionized computer performance modeling, measurement, and sizing. In the early 1990s, I discovered new ways to express the time-dependent behavior of program code, which led to reductions of program code in the size of 50% for all programs to which it was applied. I mention these facts merely to convince the reader that my intuition has a history of success in the practical application of new mathematics. Now I am completely convinced that the Roden Taurus will likewise lead to new and revolutionary advances in art and science. Mr. Roden's work has suffered from a lack of adequate scientific attention, and I am sure that as the research momentum builds and the proper relationship between the Roden Taurus and conventional science is fully understood, both areas of endeavor will attain new heights. I am very much looking forward to playing a role in this adventure. So this is what a brilliant mathematician has to say about another brilliant mathematician. And uh, the one he's talking about is with us tonight. His name is Marco Roden. And without any more delay, Marco, hello. Thanks for being with me tonight. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. And uh, you're certainly welcome. So uh, I, I had to start the program off the same way I started off last time because uh, uh, for people who aren't familiar with you, and uh, who aren't familiar with your work, certainly the words of a man like Russell Blake, if anybody wants to do their homework and check out who he is, uh, the words of a gentleman like him carry quite a bit of weight. So that's why I, I started the program with it. And uh, it's as amazing the second time I read it as it was the first, Marco. Okay. That letter is on, the, on my website on um, www.roden, which is spelled R-O-D-I-N, Aerodynamics, spelled A-E-R-O-D-Y-N-A-M-I-C-S dot org. On, and it says, um, where is it? It says, the, it's about, at the front of the page, it says the Rodin Solution Project 2006 PDF. Right. And he's on about page 60. His bio, the app, he did something, 
He's done a thorough treatment on my work. He addressed the applications and uses to power generation, uh, space power propulsion, um, artificial intelligence, all different subjects. Yeah, there's a, I mean, the applications are sort of uh, limitless, and I think that uh, once we do a quick overview, I mean, it's hard to do a quick overview of this. Actually, it's not hard to do a quick overview because it's relatively simple. That's the the beauty of it. But I want to add, if I may, please, that please. he also, there's three documents. He also did what he called, he refers to as the mathematical formulation of the rodent torus. He took my work, which um, is like a semi-bizarre um, language, and he converted it. He, he volunteered. He, when I first met him, he says that I, he, he would like to offer his services to be a bridge mm -hmm. for the gap between me and conventional academia mathematics. Right. So my work has been completely translated, um, and and that's um, that's like a, a 50 page document and so of its own, a mathematical. Uh, and in that document, he says that it's the most uh, mathematical coherence and regularity. And a lot of people are turned left cold when you say the word math. Mm -hmm. But essentially, what he says is that I'm able to take any point in space and intersect it from any axis, six different axes or more. Essentially, I found by saying that I have the most mathematical coherence, um, what it comes down to in simple terms is that I have been able to prove that there is such a thing as perfection in our reality, mm -hmm. that there is a, a, a divine standard, a touchstone um, that everything begins from and returns to an origin. That is, uh, essentially, I was able to observe and look at the creative impulse behind creation, literally... Um, I can I believe that I have demonstrated um, um, using a, um, a reproducible language that there is a, a God or an all coherent intelligence that even uh, was the hand behind mathematics. Mm. Yes, because it, it turns out that mathematics is the language that you use to interpret this, right? Right. They said like, ma they say mathematics is the language of God, and I say conventional mathematics isn't speaking God's language. And what I did was is I found the missing link between mathematics and physics. I found that I was able to prove that nature is expressing herself with numbers, that numbers are indeed real. Um, so what I did was I found that numbers were like a, a simple toy game. They were like a jigsaw puzzle. And I took all the known functions, all the branches of math, I was able to piece it into a single um, picture. And the shape that it made was uh, called a donut. In science, the, the term for a donut is called a torus, T-O-R-U-S or toroid, T-O-R-O-I-D. They both mean the same thing, which is donut. And everything's based on the donut. The human body, your body, my body, all of our bodies is called the human torso, mm -hmm. so T-O-R-S-O. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything, the, the, what everyone's looking for, the philosopher's stone, the divine elixir to life, is um, called in science called the gut. GUT, which st acronym stands for the Grand Unified Field Theory, hmm. um, where you can take every branch of science, biology, mathematics, chemistry, physics, and combine them all together, the common, invisible, missing thread. And that's what I have found. Very interesting. I, I, I love the reference to gut. I hadn't thought about that. We all talk about our gut instincts, and in fact, there's science behind that now, too, because of neurology and the stomach and all kinds of things, but... Anyway, the Grand Unified Theory, G-U-T. All right.
The problem is is that um, if you go to any professor at a university, say like the chair of uh, physics or aerospace or something, if you say to them, I've made a discovery in the Grand Unified Field Theory, they say, well, I'm sorry, I'm so busy, I can't hear it, not because they're not interested, but because they're inundated weekly with dozens of people claiming to have known the solution to have found it. Hmm. So it isn't because of the fact that um, there's, there's a disinterest in the topic. It's just because of the fact that, that the highway is littered with people who think they have found the solution. Hmm. So it's up to each person who makes his own discovery to present it, publish it, share it, and let it stand on its own merit. Okay. Now, this is... It's interesting that you mention that because the, I've talked about this actually a lot on the program lately, and it has to do with with language and the clarification and clarity of a message. And I I'm always reminded of this quote uh, from William Blake, who, who said that if the truth Russell Blake from William Blake actually the writer. Okay. Uh, and he said that. When the truth can be told in such a fashion as that it can be understood, it will be believed. And his, his point was that rather than beat people over the head you know, with the information, the, the trick was to refine the message and to make the language uh, clear enough so that people could understand. And when they did understand they would believe because they could see it, right? So, so that's our challenge, I think, with your work. And maybe this is part of what Russell uh, Blake had, uh, has done. In other words, you talked about translation well, no, he, and language. He, he, didn't, he translated into an academia standardized form, but it's still for the, what we'll refer to as the housewife or, or the parent. Hmm. Um, it's not going to... He, no, I can't even... He translated my work. It's all based on my work. Mm. I, I am unable to read it. Mm. Isn't, isn't that a, a uh, pie in the face? Mm. The, it's very frequent that... Uh, in fact, it's uh, almost 100% of the case that after I teach physicists, engineers, professors my work, it'll go right over my head, their applications and uses as they explain it back to me. It, it's kind of like a... Um, an offering and a, a special gift to see people um, be um, freed and able to pursue in new ways their profession. Right. And that's what this is. It's kind of like a, it's, um, simply put, it's a tool. And if you can create a, a better, more effective tool, you wipe out the competition. Mm -hmm. because, because we all, um, you know, have the same resources brought to bear, and if you can find a quicker, faster way of a more effective way, then you're going to be on top, and that's what this is. Um, this, the problem is, for me, is that I have tried too hard with this work. In reality, all I've, all my discovery is, is, is I found that the multiplication table that we all learned as kids isn't flat that it is a donut and that it's a language that mm -hmm. the Cartesian coordinate system XYZ um, can be modeled in a completely different way, the, the cartography of the Earth, everything. It's called the underpinning geometry of the universe, and that's what I found. And the thing is, is in reality, my work is so simple, but what I've done is I've gone to exhaustive exertions to present it, to decipher and answer the riddles to very difficult mathematical problems and scientific problems in medicine and stuff, not because that was an interest of mine, 
but only because if I was going to demonstrate the authenticity of my work and that it had a veracity that under any um, microscope could hold up. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that my work has been heavily over encumbered with all this, these scientists and all, I have, I have, it is a miracle in my life that I have some of the finest scientists recognized worldwide endorsing my work and applying it. But in reality, they weren't who I did this work for. Right. And the, the, I only jumped through those hoops with them so that I could then have the means and resources wherewith then I could create a simple popular book, a simple movie, a simple mm -hmm. thing that would be more um, full of enthusiasm and incitement for children, yeah. uh, you know, for, for high school, for elementary school children, because when they learn my work, um, they are so... Um, edified because it takes it allows them to 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 get a grip on reality because that's what i found i found i found the secret of reality yeah you know you've got a video that you sent to me you sent me the link to it an email just before we went on the program actually and i, and I was able to watch about 15 minutes of it and uh it's amazing and uh the the, the depth of <laughs> of stuff that that you cover just in the short period of time that I was watching is outrageous. And I'm sure that young people, when they're exposed to this stuff, must just eat it up. I mean, because it's just remarkable. And knowing the way children are, uh, I have one of my own. I'm sure it's amazing to see what they do when they're in your presence. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is I'm still have, it's still me teaching it, and I'm trying to preserve it in digital format so that I can step aside and the work will survive without me. And, you know, I'd love to do a full-budget film or something like that, and I don't see that coming my way. Uh, very few people are familiar with my work. Yourself, you know, you've given me incredible um, recognition. But I honestly will be surprised if I ever get to present it using multimedia the mm. way that it would be blow away, the way that, that children could mm. really... Well, you never know, Marlo. You it. never know. Never say never. We'll see. But... Uh, you know, if I tell you what, you just never know. So we'll do our best. And um, I think, let's see, we, we've, got, we've got five minutes or so before we take a break. Before we get too much further into it, let's talk really quickly about the discovery and about uh, the, the patterns that, that we're going to be chatting about. Well, I'll preface it with this. You know, um, mathematics numbers are considered to be, um, wasn't it in Alice in Wonderland that she... Uh, she was soaking wet from swimming in her own tears, and then she came across, I forget what that bird was, but a, huh. to, dry, to, to get her clothes dry, the bird recited history, and it was so dry that she, her clothes, as he kept on reciting, instantly became no longer wet. Huh. The math is a, considered a very, very um, bland subject, and um, so I'll preface it with this. A level of a civilization is never more advanced than its mathematics. Mm -hmm. The mathematics that we use today for travel, communication, energy, is in the dark ages. And essentially, I, I have found the... God, what would be a good uh, analogy? Well, a tool to the, drag us out of the dark ages. Well, the Pandora's box of um, infinite energy hmm. and um, I obsolete petroleum I obsolete nuclear my most crudest coil for motors 
was tested by Hewlett Packard and, and verified to be getting double the output compared to the present-day standard electrical coil. And again, people, this is all documented and, and, and right there for you to see. I mean, it's amazing. And this was just a very uh, rudimentary thing that was manufactured where in your garage or I something like that. I predicted mathematically right? that if you wound a coil using this unique design that you would have a, a much greater output of the inductance. Mm -hmm. Now, um, these coils, a normal person would have patented it would have tried to um, commercialize it. And that's where I've kind of taken this discovery, you know, uh, for a trip, you know, um, for a fall. Because I don't feel safe trying to do anything more than, than either preserve it, document it. Once that's done, then I'd be willing to commercialize it, make it and apply it to other applications. The reason I don't feel safe to try and pursue the patenting, uh, privatization, proprietary trade secret knowledge ownership approach mm -hmm. is because when I made, made the discovery in the same year I was selected, this the very same year that I found it, my first presentation I ever gave in my life on this topic was at the biggest United States Aerospace Convention. That's right. George Bush Sr. introducing the, the convention. Everybody was there, the Chinese, the Russians, the French. You had the Concorde, you had the every, it was... Um, when, Marco, 1989? When it was, was it? 88. 88, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And I, they gave me the Defense Science Magazine said I had, which is the biggest United States military publication, said I had the most revolutionary propulsion device ever discovered. And they put me under power propulsion. I was on the same um, platform as um, Boeing Electronics and... General Atomic. I was started at the top, and I'm not saying something bad about any of these people. Um, the problem is, is that my goal was not same as their goal, and it, to create a monopoly or exclusivity or or get a leverage over anybody. Mm -hmm. My goal is just to show and share how profound this discovery is. Is, is that there's another way to um, to comprehend existence all right well marco i commend you and uh you're sharing it again tonight and we're going to keep uh sharing it and keep working on clarifying the message and uh hope people understand it and 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 run with it i mean that's the thing it, it, it is a gift and uh it's as simple as that it's beautiful and i thank you for it and we'll come back and talk more about it in just a few minutes okay well you're you're about to take the audience when you're going to start have me explain the math you're going to take them on a uh, a ride through a black hole. <laughs> all right, we'll take a trip through a black hole in just a few but, minutes. All right. But I'll I'll hold your hand. <laughs> I'm glad to proceed. All right, Marco, hang in there, okay? Okay. All right, everybody, it's Marco Roden. You can find information about Marco on the web www.rodenaerodynamics.org, and you can also find him at rodenmath r o d i n m a t h dot com, and you can also link directly there from mikehagan dot com. You know, from here on out, you can always find Marco's site from my site. And if you go to the archives, you can listen to the previous program that Marco and I did together. And this one will be up there in the next day or so. So you can put those two together and put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right, interesting, amazing stuff. And uh, we're privileged and honored to talk with Marco tonight. And we're going to do more of it in just a few minutes, okay? In the meantime, uh, here's some music from my friend Henrik Palmgren. Runs another fun website called red-ice.net 
and he's also a great musician. And this is a song that's called The Rosetta Stone. And this one's also from Marco, okay? The Rosetta Stone, this is Leak from the album Enola Gay. It's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
Ernest Leek, otherwise known as Henrique Palmgren. The song is called Rosetta Stone. It's Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My guest is Marco Roden. You can find information about Marco on the web at www.roden, R-O-D-I-N, aerodynamics.org, also at uh, rodenmath.com, and you can always link directly to Marco's sites from my site at www.mikehagan.com. All right, let's get back to Marco and uh, say thanks for sticking around. Marco's talking to us from, from uh, Hawaii, by the way. What time is it, Marco? It's about 7.30, something like that, 8.30? What time is it? Um, sun just went behind the, uh, the volcano. All right, that means 7.30. Yeah, it's 7.30. All right, well, uh, are you on the big island? Yeah. I'm on the big islands and the Cokies are just trying to croak. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for uh, uh, for taking your Monday evening out. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Hilo. You're in Hilo. All right. Now, um, okay. We were talking before the break. We're going to jump a little bit into the mathematics. Now, I want to preface this and I want to ask a favor of you. We did a pretty thorough going over uh, the mathematics in the first program that we did together. And for people who really want to uh, you know, listen up and, and get into it. I suggest that they listen to that. I'd rather, uh, and I hate to ask you to, to try to be brief, but there are a lot of uh, things that have come up since then. There were a lot of questions that came up after the program uh, la- in, in May, uh, people who had questions that I want to try to get to later on, and I always know how quickly these, these, these shows go, even though it seems like we have a lot of time. So, right. uh, so anyway, let, let's talk about the mathematics. And uh, if so you, you were inundated with... with Things we're going to resolve tonight, and I was—I'm inundated. My five and a half year old just came in here and slammed the door because she didn't like her chocolate ice cream. Oh man! Served. and and I was, uh, you know, broadsided, <laughs> it's telling me that her chocolate ice cream wasn't good. What's your daughter's name? Uh, that was Cloud. Cloud uh, nine. Cloud nine. Yeah. Tell her that she's lucky to have ice cream and to go back to bed. It was organic. <laughs> Uh, that's they, they had at the health food store. Oh man, I'll tell you what, it's they're incorrigible. I have a three-year-old boy, and he's. I'll tell you what, when he when he doesn't like his ice cream, I hear about it too. So, if, if they come in, I don't have my door locked because if I lock it, they'll they'll beat it in. Of course, I'll try. And, <laughs> I just point out, and she leaves. But after she vents. No, it's great actually. I I you weren't listening in for the first hour of the program, but uh, I was sort of fed up with the. The uh, you know the constant killing and murder of children on this planet, and I and I just got really bent out of shape, and I decided that we were just going to dedicate the whole show to the kids anyway. So it's fitting that your uh, children are busting in on you because uh, that's where our attention really does need to lie, and 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 that's what's so uh, amazing, but also frustrating about your work is that it offers uh, potential escape hatches and uh, lifeboats and whatever other metaphor you want to use for a lot of the difficulty that we're having right now on this planet and that difficulty involves a whole lot of children and the work that you're doing could help so anyway I'm glad that uh, the children are in your life too Marco you know it's a good thing um, I was talking to a friend um, who I always think of as you know it's just amazing how far mine and most of our generations how great the gap is between us all. Hmm. Uh, she was, um, 
maybe you would don't know this, but she was telling me when I was sharing some music from Jethro Tull, <laughs> she was saying, was, she says, I always thought they were a small cult band. <laughs> I said, no. Oh, man. I said, uh, there wasn't a concert that didn't have hundreds of thousands of people and wasn't, uh, oh, they had endless pop albums and... Oh, yeah, Ian Anderson, he was outrageous. He's yeah. one of the best flautists of all time. And I actually saw uh, the band... I was a little bit too young when Jethro, Jethro Tull really had their heyday, but I did catch the tail end, and I love their early work. I just never saw it live. The early you know? work was yeah, the, the early work was amazing. I just like didn't get a chance to see it live. Anyway, so um, the real I predict ten years from now that the next generation is going to say, um, "Gee, I never knew that McDonald's wasn't all organic." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's hope. Yeah, yeah they're going to be organic, and they're never going to know that we were boycotting them because of all their um, commercial junk. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll have to see, you know, the way the way history looks uh, 20 years from now because things really are changing and there's a lot going on and uh, it's sort of hard to see it in the middle of it, I think, uh, because it's so difficult on a day-to-day basis, you know, to just observe. Uh, if you're awake and aware and a feeling human being, it's very difficult you know, to see everything that goes on on this planet and not be deeply affected by it, you know. Uh, so it's, I don't know, it's, uh, it's high time that some of these things get overturned and that we come up with some new solutions to some of these old problems instead of the same old stuff. So, so that's what we're trying to do with your work, and, and, and this is the amazing thing, is that we'll, we'll talk about the math and let's do that right now, and then the implications and the, the applications, I want to spend a lot of time uh, on that uh, in a little while. Okay, Marco? Sure. All right, so one, two, four, eight, seven. What comes after that? Well, everybody always thinks that after seven comes eight. <laughs> Every, nobody w- knows that and how we're doing it. It's very macabre. It would make Vincent Price uh, delighted. Yes, he'd giggle at the thought. Yeah, because the number five comes after the number seven using what is called... Um, Single-digit math, discrete math. It's called digital root math. Digital root math. Yeah. And you reduce a number. You reduce a number or or a series of numbers to their digital root. Or more widely recognized as numerology. Okay. So take seven doubled is fourteen, which equals five. Because one plus five, I mean one plus four equals five. Okay. Um. It's called called decimal parity. Hmm. Now the audience will think, you know, why am I screwing around with reducing large numbers to single digits? But I, my, I won't explain what my motive was, but the end result is, is that I was able to show that infinity, infinity is not only not infinity, in infinite. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was my other daughter, Venus. How many children do you have? They're twins. Oh, awesome. Five and a half. Huh. I have six total. No way. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, my, my, my hat just came further off to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> More. There's a flash, but I'm not going to take it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I don't want to present my being um, undis- 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 as being undiscriminating. Mm-hmm. And the reason I reduce numbers to single digits is that I took the pattern of infinity 
and I wanted to see if it actually made a pathway, if it made a trail through through which then I could um, glean or or learn new information. Now, do you mean the image of the like the infinity sign? Yes, the lazy eight. Uh, it's called um, the Lazy Eight. And right. you take the, the figure eight and lay it on its side. Right, right. This is the, the international symbol for infinity. Yeah, it's also called a Mobius. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That shape actually is not arbitrary. Everybody thinks that, gee, that you know, was invented by somebody and it's just a simple symbol or icon that has no hidden profound importance. But it turns out, as you know, because I have on my website, and I don't know if you've passed it or linked it or put on yours, I have this funny symbol, which I refer to as the mathematical fingerprint of God. You call it anything you want. Uh, some, the, all knowledge, all information, all enlightenment is contained in that symbol. And inside that symbol, you have essentially, you have a, a V upside down, a pyramid, inside a infinity symbol, or that infinity symbol wrapping around the two legs of that pyramid because this discovery shows that you never connect a pyramid on the base that instead it's only connected up at the point of the, on the top okay Marco hold on a second let me let me clarify something for the listeners if you go on the web first of all there's an image uh, uh, an animated image on Marco's website at rodenaerodynamics.org and the same image is actually on my homepage right now too I think Larry had it linked up there so um, what it is is a circle and inside the circle, uh, there's some inscribing going on. But, but Marco, I think it's important that we, that, that we note that on the outside of the circle, the numbers 1 through 9 uh, are, are written with the 9 at the apex, the 9 right at the top of the circle, and, uh, and then following clockwise, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Okay. So here I am, Marco. I'm going to make a, a statement. Okay. I'm going to say that, and, and I have never been found wrong by the finest minds because I have the endorsements on my PDF, my executive summary, which you have. I do. Endorsements from the finest minds. I've read it. I've read it. I know. Um, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. That symbol has all the knowledge of the universe. Everything that will, has been known or will ever be known anywhere in the solar system, anywhere in the universe, by any life form that is intelligent, all the secrets of creation are in that single little emblem simplicity itself I mean and and this is the fingerprint of God well um, amongst my colleagues you know they we would joke around with stories and they say that Einstein it's it's reputed that Einstein when he was doing his last work was on the grand unified field theory and when he died uh, he kept he kept, he had hired high, very advanced mathematics to do the work for him because he was looking for a new mathematics to explain the creation of the universe Mm-hmm. and the unified field. Right. And so right, right, right. when he died, he said he needed, so this is this hearsay, you know, it's just reputed, I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He said, I need higher and higher mathematics. And me and my friends like to, uh, all my friends are very cynical. <laughs> they, they all joke, not only was he wrong, okay, but it, he didn't need higher mathematics. The grand unified field theory is so simple, we live in Hawaii, mm-hmm. that we say, you can put it on a bathing suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. I used to say you could put it on a T-shirt, but we changed that to a bathing suit. That's great. Amazing. Because there's only, the, there's only three numbers that unravel the secret of everything. The number one, 
and the number two, and the number five. And if you know what to do with them, you can figure out anything just by those three numbers. Hmm. Because that is the basis of my whole discovery. All right, well, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. One, two, and five, why are they the significant ones? Well, the number two, are in, it's encrypted in our symbols, of, of our number symbols, that the number two and the number five are the identical symbol, but, it, but flipped, reversed, or mirrored, or inverted. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yep, I do. Two is the same symbol as the five, but upside down. Exactly. Okay. And, of course, in my case, what I discovered is, is that if you, the number two and the number five actually begin and end back at the number one. And that if you overlap the number two and five, you get the symbol for infinity, right? Hmm. Because two right. and five right. Right. totally laid on top of each other make a figure eight. Okay? Yes, I'm with you. So when you look at the number patterns with big numbers, you can't see that, the, 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 that it's really a, a circuit, that it's a pathway, that it's a loop, that it's an electrical um, coil. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Doubling, which is 1 to 2, is doubled, so you have to continue. 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 1024, etc. Well, uh, 2048, that's just doubling. But always reducing then. And then, then I take the 1, 2, 4, 8, 16 equals 7, 32 equals 5. Um, 64 equals... 64 is 10 is 1, right. 128 is 11 is 2. The pattern's repeating. 256 okay, so is 13 is 4, 512 right. is 8. It just repeated. There was only six numbers in the, in the pattern of doubling. Mm-hmm. So I'll go backwards. I'll do a half of one is 0.5, uh, half of that is 0.25, 0. 0.125, 0. 0.0625, 0. 0.0325. And if you reduce those digits to a single digit number, you'll get 1, 5, 7, because uh, five, half of 0.5 is 25, 2 plus 5 is 7, mm-hmm. half of that's 0. 0.125 equals 8, 0. Right. 0.0625 is 13 right. is 4, right. 0. 0.03125 is, equals 11 equals 2. It's the same pattern backwards. One, two, four, eight, seven, five. One, two, four, eight, seven, five. So all the literally, way down, all the way down. Okay. literally doubling and halving, which are reciprocals, do make a Mobius. Hmm. Do do make a figure eight? Are the pattern for infinity? Right, right. With the one a... caveat that it's infinity of duration. It's not infinity of direction. It's a bounded infinity. Right. It's a closed system. That's right which is exactly what our universe is. <laughs> because using these numbers, I was able to essentially figure out how the universe is shaped and, and was created and how it functions and where it's returning to. Okay. Using this as a system to, to observe and model the universe. Because I found that I wasn't modeling anything. I found that numbers were the thing that I was modeling. That they were like the, the um, aftermath, forgive the pun, <laughs> that was the only thing left to allow us to see the, the original vestiges of uh, of the origin of creation, huh. of the, the origins of creation, the vapor trail or something. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a perfect analogy. Amazing. So, um, so I just said something here. I I said then that um, one two four eight sixteen thirty two, which is considered a geometric progression, mm-hmm. doubling is considered infinite. I said then that by reducing it to single digits, I create a, a, a pattern, an information pattern that allows me then, using number patterns, I can track the, the pathway that infinity will move as it, as it progresses. 
So I turn what would normally be, they call it a combinatorial explosion, an endless um, quantity into a finite um, pathway. And so what I did was, is not only did I just connect, from there I was able to take every single known calculation, every single known number, all that is known, period, in mathematics, and piece it together like a jigsaw puzzle, like a mosaic, where every mathematical function occurs within a single model simultaneously, which is the toroid. That every multiplication series, every so I when I teach children their arithmetic, it's all in the same object. Then what I discovered is that I could flip the table because I had found the perfect model of creation. I could do every calculation with holding the numbers stationary and moving the functions over their surface. So I was again, able this to. Is a, this is an, a, a geometric type of thing you're talking about. In other words, donut. yeah. It's a coil, right. and everything's a coil. And the body's this mortal coil, the solar system coils, the uh, galaxy is a spiral diskette coil. Everything takes on the shape of the toroid coil. Mm-hmm. DNA helically coils, our protein in our body, protein folds coils. Essentially, everything's based on a coil. Uh, every electric company uses, um, Hawaiian Electric, where I live here, uses huge coils with magnets to make our electricity. We see with coils, hmm. the cathodes, the filaments. Right. So essentially, I found the perfect coil, the answer to all coils, the mother of all <laughs> coils. <laughs> all right. So, uh, well, I tell you what. Before we talk about that and what the implications of it are, I want to talk. I want to ask you a question, though, about. Um, uh, let's see, where was it? Well, the torus, first of all, uh, you mentioned that it is the same as, or represented in the word torso. We mentioned that in the, in the previous program, actually, too. Torso, which means human body. I, I had a, a question about the, the astronomical sign, the bull, torus. Is yeah. that tied into this whole thing? It has I don't to know. I've, wonder, I've never given it enough uh, pondering. I, it's a question I've asked too. So we're yeah. we're both on the same. Speed right. I mean, that, it's probably not important, but anyway, it just seemed to be one that came to mind. So. Yeah. Um, All right. So one other thing before, as we we've talked about the the, the digital roots and discrete numbers one two four eight seven five one and this repeating pattern. What about the three six nine relationship? I think we need to talk about that before we get to the top of the hour here. Yeah, if you, if, I mean, if you think that it's that, that it's a time to bring that in, is it? Well, I bet your audience is thinking how you have such a a, a confusing or complicated guess. But I'm going to tell your audience that their host is definitely going to dragging put them on the rack <laughs> by asking the hardest questions, <laughs> which is so in in tightening the rack on your audience. <laughs> The numbers three, nine, and six, to make a long story short, I discovered it sounds so inane, but the numbers three and six never touch. And again, okay? They just a, can't touch, period. Right, right. And, but, but again, it's... It's, it's, it's like a bar, two poles on a magnet. Can you touch them together? No, they repel. Mm-hmm. You can't... Were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say that for the people that are on the web, the, the image... Uh, that we're talking about here, this uh, this circle with the numbers inscribed uh, uh, on the outside of it, and the pattern drawn between the numbers, will will make it more clear uh, what you're talking about. In other words, 
the position of the three, the six, and A lot of people won't have the luxury of going online. Yeah, unfortunately not. Do you have it on your website, too? Yeah, I got it on my website, too, so... uh, you know, Where is it, on the front, or do you link to it? No, it's right on the front page. I mean, Oh, that's right. It was floating on that sphere. Yeah, we got it right on that front page. With there. the magic hand. Exactly, yeah. Going, doing, showing you the pathway that, that everything follows. Yep, one, two, four, eight, eight. seven, that's called, five. The science is called the longest mean free pathway of least resistance. Okay, so the point is, though... We so, wait, I'm going to interrupt you. Can I? Yes, I'm sorry. please. Yeah. I want to fulfill your request, which is I want to stay on the first challenge to me, which is to explain 3, 9, and 6. Right, because in this pattern, 1, 2, 4, 8, 7, 5, 1, we never touch 3, 6, or 9. That's right. I've perfected the secret of artificial intelligence, because the binary code, which is doubling, 1, 2, 4, I discovered, okay, is triangulated. Secret of artificial intelligence is they always were looking for a third element, Y, maybe, or at least a third element to give it dimension, instead of a 2D plane, which is how all computers today are. Are, are archaic. They're dinosaurs. And this is this is the idea of giving the binary code. Uh, we call a it a binary triplet. Yeah, because That's you give right. it polarity, right? We give it polarity. Jesus. Absolutely right. Um, I'm not going to jump on that. I'm going to stick on the three nine six. Because even you're even going to make my understand. You're going to push my throttle to the max. So stepping on, staying on three nine and six. Three and six simply put are the yin and yang. Uh huh. Okay. Everybody has understands that the yin and yang is, is something that you revere, that it's sacred, comes out of religion, it's exemplified by uh, physical discipline, martial arts. It, it represents the sacred, sanctified, holy duality of and the universe. And balance. Balance, exactly. Opposals, mm-hmm. equilibrium, motion of balance and equilibrium. Okay? What I discovered is, is that it's not a duality, the yin and yang. It's a trinary. This, uh, because the, the third invisible part, first of all, I won't even go there. I'll explain the three and six. The three doubled is six. The six doubled equals 12, which one plus two is three. Twelve doubled is 24 equals six. Twenty-four doubled is 48 equals 12 equals three. Forty-eight doubled is 96 equals 15 is six. Anytime you double or half a three or six, they always will make the other member, mm-hmm. three or six. Right. No other number. That's called a fundamental property characteristic of a number. Every number has one. What's the, nu- the quality for zero? There is none. It's not a number. It's an absence. Zero times anything is always nothing. That's why the base 10 system is modular 9. It's one, not 1 through 10. It's 0 through 9, mm-hmm. and 9 is the zenith. It's the highest. And 9 the opposite of zero because zero is nothing. 9 is everything. And 9, what's the quality of, near, of 9? 9 multiplied will always equal itself, the never-changing number 9, because it's the axis, which is always vertical, always straight, always returns to center, always comes back to center. 9, 18, 27, 36, 45, 54, 63, 72, 81, 90. Any multiple of 9, or divided by 9 for that matter, will always equal 9. Always reduces back down to 9. There's not another number that does that. Right, right, right. Okay, 3 and 6 are the only oscillating yin-yang numbers. 9 is the number that is always in between 3 and 6, because they never touch. 
All right. So, so, so back to the yin and the yang. We have the white side. We have the black side. But it's not just the two. It's the in between, the the, the border between the two as well. That's, That's the called third. the bound. It's the S curve. So the third part of the yin and yang is the S curve in the center. The boundary. Also referred to as a as a circle itself, which is called the world boundary condition. Right. And that's a proper term of, of physics and science that world comes out of academia. Repeat that again. A world boundary condition. Well, the boundary condition properly referred to as the world boundary condition, and it, it's. Um, and it has to do with the nature of sunspots, or what are called underpinning nested vortices, uh-huh. yeah, which, can... which affect how everything works. Well, it's really interesting, you know, Marco, because I do I do a segment on the program during the first hour every week that's called Space Weather, and I'm very interested in watching what happens on the sun, and I'm, uh, you know, uh, visually familiar with the magnetic fields that occur on the surface and the way they twist. And, and the way flares emanate from them. And it's really interesting that you bring it up because you definitely see these, um, uh, what they call it a sigmoid shape. And when you see that, uh, when, the, when the magnetic field gets twisted like that, it's a high potential for, uh, for big flares and things like that. So, so if my work ever survives, it's the only accurate mathematical depiction of how these, what I call underpinning nested vortices, mm-hmm. how how everything is created, how it sustains itself, how it survives, how it releases heat, how it maintains itself, how it, uh, using these underpinning nested vortices, vortices uh, life, different energy forms, that's how they sustain, that's how they endure themselves, that's how they, through, um, through energy transformation. These, without these underpinning nested vortices, nothing would work. They were, they've been ignored, and sooner or later, Everybody has to be confronted with them and and apply it. The yeah. best example was the golf ball. It used to be solid and hard as a rock on the outside. And then they learned that if you change the dimple pattern over the tops of it, those mm-hmm. are called underpinning nested vortices. Right. It would control the lift and flight properties. Right, right. Um, in DNA, using this math, I see the underpinning nested vortices along the major groove inside it. Um, in bi- biology uses it to... Um, do everything. It's the secret of cellular communication. It's the secret of DNA mitosis information, encryption and duplication, persistent strand, strand DNA unraveling. Um, it's deep inside DNA in the major groove is this big space. Called, if you go to Google and just type in major groove DNA, you'll see it. And in that space is this higher dimensional flux field, and it's all controlled by these underpinning nested vortices, and it controls all life processes. I could end all diseases. I could produce unlimited food. I sound like a madman. I'll never do it, I don't believe. I'll never have the resources to put together a, a, a facility of scientists to apply my work. But that, that always had been my dream. But anyway... Um, well, I'll tell you what, uh, Marco, as I well, said earlier, we but never... Don't let me act. No, 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 no. I, I, you got to humor me. I have a right to, 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 to feel that it, it's out of range. It really yes, is. Yes, but it might not be. And, and, and certainly sharing it uh, and sharing the information like you're doing gives others the opportunity to, to, to continue the work. And I mean, uh, you know, you're doing your best with what you've got, but certainly there are others that are that are going to grab onto this stuff and and run with it. So, and it, and it may not take as long as you think. You know, you just never know. So, um, I work too macabre. <laughs> yes, you're, you're you're much too cynical this evening. All right. So, look, it's uh, the top of the hour. It's one o'clock. Let's take a little break. All right. Um, can I say something? Uh, no. 
Yes, I'm kidding. You can. Okay. <laughs> um, I know my own limitations, and I just know that based on doing everything on my own as I've been doing it most of my life, I've had a lot of other scientists contribute to this work as well, but I, I just know that it's pretty much got a bow tied on, on it. At least it was vindicated by so many people and proven as real, and yes, other people will carry it further, but uh, I don't have the means to propel it, propel it any further. All right. Well, uh, for what you've done so far, we appreciate it, Marco, and we'll be back in just a minute, okay? Okay. All right. You. Stick around, everybody. we got Marco Roden. He's on the line with us from his home in Hilo, Hawaii, on the Big Island. And it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. Let's see. What do we do here? 89.5 FM. Got to say that. Get things legal. And let's play a song here by uh, Ism, my friends from Brooklyn. This song is called No More. That's right. And uh, one more time for the children tonight. The program goes out to all the kids on planet Earth. Protect them. Bind the hands and the tools of those who would harm them. This is Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia.
no more. That's ism. You can find information about ism on the web as well at MikeHagan.com. Just click over to my music archives, and you can find information about all the uh, music and the bands that are presented on the program here. This band, Ism, from Brooklyn, they're one of my favorite new ones. I really like them a lot. That uh, that album uh, CD is called Monkey Underneath. That's what we all have, you know, a monkey underneath. So, anyway, we'll play one more from them maybe later. And in the meantime, we will say hello again to our guest, Marco Roden. And, uh, Marco, let me give out the website one more time. A couple of different websites for Marco, www.com. Roden, R-O-D-I-N, aerodynamics.org, and also Roden, R-O-D-I-N, math, M-A-T-H, dot com. And uh, lots of information uh, at both of those sites. Uh, the presentation, Marco, that you've got in the PDF is, you know, in-depth. If anybody really wants to get into this stuff, they can download that and bury themselves in that for the rest of their life, maybe. But at any rate, it's all there. People are more than welcome to peruse it. You're, you, you take any questions, and, I mean, it's basically held up now for 18 years. In other words, this stuff was originally released to the public at the aerospace conference that you mentioned back in 1988, and it's been 18 years. So where are we? Where should we be? What can we do with this stuff? Right. I mean, it's blowing my mind. I mean, 18 years and nothing has been done, and you've been screaming to the world, please do something with this. So what is going on? Um, Not to mention we have people like Russell Blake, etc., all these other geniuses they that are saying, hey, this guy's a genius. We need, you know. No, he, he's patenting things independently on his own. So he's taking advantage of you or whatever. No. No. No, he's just using the, he's just using the knowledge that he gained from you. Um, right? I mean, call it anything you want. It's a different walk of life, right. you or me, or anyone else in this audience, I'm sure, for that matter. Because Russell Blake um, comes out of Microsoft. He's, he was the top in their senior research department. Right. Okay? I mean, you can go on my website, look at his file. Oh, yeah, Russell Blake, I mean, okay. again, he's an absolute... Uh... Excuse me, wait, let me... I want to really strongly, emphatically make this point. Russell Blake took his file, his name, his reputation... Okay, his his personal integrity and endorse my work because on that website is, is numerous letters, but there's one letter in particular, a total endorsement. Okay, and I never went to school, really. I never, I have no degrees in math or anything else, and I have no standing on claiming that I know anything or have done anything. Because I cannot authenticate anything I say, and I cannot present it in any decent way. And he, who is from the other spectrum, revered, qualified, degreed, um, owns the patents and atomic modeling on, for computers, blah, 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 he's the top, went ahead and took everything he's achieved and accomplished in his life and um, let me use it. Um, recklessly or wisely, as I seem fit, by by giving me a letter of introduction and reference. Right. Okay. Uh huh. So the price I pay is that um, is that I I have a way a methodology of dealing with people, and um, 
It said, I don't ask them to sign non-disclosure statements. I don't do anything um, that demonstrates pensiveness. Okay? If Russell Blake has figured out something and made discoveries that he feels is um, trade secrets and so valuable um, that he, he doesn't want to share it with anybody, which is what he's written me in letters, right. then that work, if he's going to make any money with it, is going to benefit and be of service to mankind. Okay? If he's going to cash in on it, mm-hmm. it's got to be doing good for somebody else. So he's accomplished what I set out to do, which is to cut people free to create new technology. Because all my goal is is to obsolete the existing technology we have today. I am a, I won't say it, <laughs> I am a, uh, a person who's trying to change things for the better and the only way it can be done is by supplanting the existing science we have today with a whole new type of energy. Yeah, and energy is the key to this whole deal. I and mean, Russell Blake verified. I mean... HP verified. I mean, lots of people are verifying this stuff. Well, they do it. They're verifying different things and different approaches. I right, mean, right, right. I'm getting... I'm getting uh, Filibustered by my daughter. What did you say? <laughs> Another chicken hatched. Wow. Where is she? In the in the downstairs in the incubator. Oh, thank you. That's so cool. We um. By the way, I Marco went, has Marco I, has chickens that are hatching today. I got might as well share it with everyone. So I went to Island Naturals, a health food store here in this island. Right. Because I got chickens for us to have eggs. We don't eat anything but eggs. No beef, chicken, or fish. Mm-hmm. And uh, the organic eggs are uh, 5.99 a dozen here in Hawaii, very expensive. So I decided to go get some hens and have my own eggs. But I couldn't have a rooster because it would be too noisy. My neighbors are always complaining. <laughs> so I, I wanted. So the, all the hens were laying unfertile eggs. Okay, I'm going to get this sick right now. So here I am with these unfertile eggs that we're eating, and I wanted the girls to experience newborn chicks. Uh-huh. So I went to the health food store, bought a dozen for six dollars of the fertile eggs. Right. Bought this incubator, threw them in, and we're hatching the health food store eggs for, into chickens, oh and it's God. working. Oh my God! How many? So how many out of the dozen have hatched? Um, God, almost, I think almost all of them. How long does it take? I, I haven't counted them. Uh, it's like really fast. I think around three weeks or less. Mm-hmm. Where do you see a chicken here? I don't see any chicken here. <laughs> You want me to help them out? <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm not going to break open the eggs and help them out. No, tell them that's like a cesarean section. We don't do it unless it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely required. Okay, false alarm. Uh, Everybody back in the house. Oh, Marco, that's Move great. It. Move it. That is great. So, uh, so all of these, so we got all these, we got like, uh, I don't know, there's like seven or eight right now upstairs in a little box with a lamp and some water and food. They're doing great. Okay, so um, the so when I sh- documented my work, I put it in the worldwide public domain. Um, I have no um, proprietary control over any of my work. But you have an understanding that nobody else has of it. Well, I consider, and, and you don't let me sound vindictive. I consider everybody a fool if they're going to try and make a spaceship or a, or a free energy device or something and bypass the originator of the discovery right. because they're, they're going to worry about um, 
wounds what? Well, it's sort of dangerous, though, too. You know, I'm reminded of the, uh, the, um, the magician's apprentice. Right. You know, you know and uh, although he's, you know, he thinks he learns all the tricks and everything, and he's got it all worked out, but then when the magician disappears, and uh, and the and the apprentice has has to actually do the magic himself. That was he the real violent up, scene right? in Fantasia because Mickey Mouse had to get the hatchet and cut up uh-huh. the room, clean huh. up the broom, brooms to try and stop him. Right, right, right. <laughs> Very violent scene. Yeah, no doubt. Um. All right. So yeah. No, so, but wait. The um. The problem is, is, is that um, the people with money, I get offered frequently, a couple times a month at least. And what do they offer you? Um, they offer me the same thing that everybody would be given. They offer a contract. Um, um, they offer a partnership. I was offered a partnership in the last three or four days right. um, by a wonderful person. Uh, he was actually my student for years, and uh, we had gone separate past and um, he'd been trying to reach me the last few months and I had been speaking to a common friend I asked him for his number and it was a coincidence I called him up to say hi uh-huh. turned out he was working for somebody else and branched off opened up his own million dollar company and lost millions and made millions and he says he's going to have another 30 or 40 million dollars and would I be interested to be partners and he'll finance the research right. because he believes in my work I'm fortunate right. to have people who believe in me like yourself and I said no I said, I said, unless you want to give me money with me making products and then sharing with the public, unless you're willing to let me share with the public what I do and not having any proprietary secrets mm-hmm. from the public, mm-hmm. I said, if you don't, because I tell them up front, I'm going to give it away huh. and share it. And he, he, they don't want to do that. He wants to patent it, do other things. And so... It isn't going to happen because nobody um, is, I hate to say it, as crazy or as insane as me to, to let it try and take its own direction and, and, and have its own existence, the discovery. What do you need? I don't like this. I don't hear anything like this. Okay. Well, I'm sorry, but here it comes. Okay. Babies. Mom. Should I talk tonight on the radio? Mm, no. No. Hey, hey, Marco. Did you talk put, on the radio? Marco, put one of your daughters no. on. I'm sorry. Put I, one of your daughters on. Oh, huh? Put one of your daughters on. Okay. Um, you gotta act like family or something. Yeah, say, I want to say hey, hi. Talk to 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 our friend. Here he goes. Here you go, Vina. He wants to talk. To you. He has ice. Yes. Well, you want to talk? He says he's gonna take you to the movies. Here you go. Huh. Hi. Hi there. How are you? Hey, you know, your daddy's a pretty cool guy. Uh, I'm back. I <laughs> lost cause. <laughs> How funny. All right, Marco. So, so I'm giving him another movie now. I'll pick something I know I won't be interrupted again for. Give him, like, Beautiful Mind or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. How about if we take a quick break? I'll play some music. You can deal with the uh, the girls, and then we'll come back in a minute, all right? Thank you. All right, we'll do it. Back in a minute, Mike. Uh, Hagen here. It's Radio Orbit. we got Marco Roden on the line taking care of some family business, and the show is about the children tonight, so we're not going to give him a hard time. And, in fact, I'm very pleased that he's there with his girls and uh, taking care of his family. And um, I appreciate him uh, taking the time out of his family life and being on the program with us tonight, okay? So, anyway, Marco Roden back in just a few minutes. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. Let's play, uh, let's see. 
Ooh, here's a song by Eskimo, my friend uh, Brendan Angelitas. He's now a uh, proud member of the San Francisco scene. And uh, so we'll pump it up a little bit here with uh, Rain. The song by Eskimo, his name is Brendan Angelitas. He's been on the program before. And you can find information about all of these musicians um, on the web at MikeHagan.com and just click over to the music archives, okay? Okay, one more time. This is Brendan. The song is called Rain. We'll be back in just a minute with Marco Roden on the web, www.rodenaerodynamics.org. And, uh, of course, MikeHagan.com. And thanks to everybody at KOPN. You can find us on the web at KOPN.org.
right, so uh, it's Mike Hagan. I got my computers working again. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. We've got another 35 minutes or so, 30 minutes or so, with uh, my guest for this evening, Marco Roden, back with us tonight after appearing on the program back in May. And uh, we're uh, having an interesting conversation, as we did back then. Uh, uh, quite different, uh, but uh, wonderful. So, anyway, Marco, you got things back under control. I got my act back together here. My computer's uh, freaked out while, while we were at a break there. Mike? Yes, I'm here. Are you there, Marco? Yes. Oh, okay, good time. I came to the conclusion, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> I got my own quart of chocolate ice cream, and I'm eating away. Oh, man, see, I, one of my friends, uh, whose name is Will, who's actually a fantastic photographer, he just showed up uh, in the studio. He was out having a few cocktails with some friends, and he brought his camera with, and so he's in here shooting pictures, and I'm dying to have some ice cream. So in about 30 minutes, I'm definitely going to go out and find some. So. You guys have been talking about it for the last two hours. Hello, Radio Land. All right, that's enough, Will. Take your pictures, okay? Hello, audience, Jeff. <laughs> All right, so, Marco... Uh, in-house audience. Yes, the in-house audience, the out-house audience. We've got people listening all around the world. I should actually go to the web. Yeah, I don't mean to be acting flippant to the audience. Oh, I know. Okay? Not, not, neither do I. We're having a good time, and they enjoy it. Trust me. Our, our listeners are cool people, and they, they love the fact that we're being casual and real okay so so anyway but let's get back to it marco I, we, we've got a half an hour i want to get get down to the to the the actual applications and uh you know some more of the stuff about what what we could do now i mean what can people do what should we be doing with this information in other words you talk about energy you talk about artificial intelligence computers uh, a binary code that literally is a Rosetta Stone for computer language, a, a binary code now that actually has polarity, that's a, a binary triplet. Hey, what can we do? What well, can we do? What well, should we be doing? It's, I can, um, let me think of an example that would pertain to your personal life. Um, I could, the first thing that I always address is that I, your children and yourself could be experts in understanding vortex-based mathematics, could understand, um, you know, the, could look at and perceive God from another approach. Okay, well, let's... And you could, so you could have, you could, you could, and you could understand and do your basic mathematics in a magnificent way. Then as far as technology, what you're asking about, you would, um, you could take uh, a rodent coil to the highest mountain uh, away from civilization and you could have unlimited energy. Right. Okay, and a lot of people think I'm talking about some kind of, you know, whatever, but... Um, you could end diseases. You could produce unlimited food, like I said. You could um, you could um, create, do anything in physics and chemistry. You could do anything. Um, essentially, the world is your guinea pig. All right. So it's basically you're basically saying people need to wait, learn so it. One, wait, I'm sorry. One more way to put it. It makes mankind, as people like you and me, a simple human being, the custodian and curator, I don't know about any other life forms out there, and I'm sure there's more intelligent or as intelligent, but it makes Homo sapiens the custodian and curator, the person who holds the keys to the universe. It makes us the custodians of the entire universe, because we can travel anywhere, not return to Earth for food or fuel. It's a source of unlimited avenues of direction, whatever you want to take it, because it's a it's the it's the lodestone of technology. 
All right, so so it's a step-by-step process then, and the first step is for whoever, be they adults or certainly children, we have to teach them the new mathematics. So right. let's talk a little bit about the difference between the new mathematics and the old mathematics. Okay. What's the difference between you know conventional mathematics, the way that we normally think of it, and and what you're talking about here? No, it's a great question, actually. You know, you approach things very pragmatically. You know, to to put them in their own, their specific context. Um, it takes um, what we cons- it takes away the um, anomalies of mathematics and the, the the lies that they told us. That shows it explains like why we count in base ten. They say we have ten fingers. They they don't understand. You know, and the whole perception of what the decimal system is to fractions. To it shows that numbers are representing emanation. It shows that numbers are are, are a result of an of an emanation that's a vector. It, um, I'll lose the audience if I explain it in my own terms. Uh, we call numbers stationary vector interstices. Essentially, numbers are created from spirit. It's a flux. It emanates. Um, we piece numbers together. Uh, they do what we they they reveal the communication of vibration, um, which is um, they're able to show how energy is being transmitted. Um, it's like, I call it a, a numbers, um, I call it a, um, a, a number interferometry diffraction grading pattern. With numbers, like we would take two window screens to make a moray pattern, with numbers, I can see what an micro, electron microscope can't see. I obsolete Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. I can see the future position that energy is going to be in because I know how it moves without friction, without parasitics, without resistance. I have literally um, everything at its ultimate ideal, um, at its state of of the greatest um, potential. Um, Essentially, I get rid of friction. I can make anything, any continuous medium, it doesn't matter what it is, get rid of resistance. Mm -hmm. I can make energy that doesn't have waste heat and, and random friction collection, uh, collisions because I know the geometry, the pattern, how to braid and weave and make things, and it's very simple. Uh, so that's their optimum efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you asked what it does. I mean, I, I think in those simple terms I've said that I have the panacea for mankind right. as far as tech, the technology panacea. I don't, see, I don't see how a person could get so delusional to to even be making that claim. I mean, that's so, so far-fetched of, a, of, a, of something to be saying that I can solve any technology needs of mankind. Okay? Um, so, but how now, to do it? The, 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 how to do it? That's... that's yeah. It ain't, I don't have a path on how to do it. I don't have a solution. I know. Because the only other options thing. I have right now is to accept offers to people to, to go... And um, learn it and try to do it. Well, to, no, the, the offers that I have are to to do is is to be motivated to privatize mm. and and keep make a private club, okay, an exclusivity on this, okay. I only the only reason I did it. You know, the audience, if they haven't been taken for a loop already, they're going to be taken for a bigger one, including yourself, but you know me anyway already, <laughs> is 
I'm interested in God. I'm interested in religion. I love religion, as I said before. I, I study on what, in religion, the name of God is sacred and holy, and I decrypted out of the Baha'i faith what's called the most great name of God using the Arabic and Persian. It's called Abjad numerical notation. I gotta be losing everybody, but their alphabet is their, is their counting, is their number representation system. Simply put, if the name of God is the name of God, then of course mathematically it's perfect too, since their alphabet is their Anyway, I decrypted, which is the, like, what a claim. Well, I literally... You know, it's all right, because the, the audience is more sophisticated than we... Let's give them more credit. These guys love this stuff, and they're listening. So I'm, I'm looking in the chat room right now, so uh, they're, 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 they're with you, Mark. Oh, well, in my own words, describing my work, I have pieced numbers together in such a way that I can observe what I call which are waveforms and patterns that you see in physics. It's like Newton's cradle. You drop two balls, you get two out the other end. You drop one, you get one out the other end. I piece numbers so perfectly together that they can reveal perfectly how all motion and vibration is transmitted, reverberates. It's called harmonic cascadence. Unless you see it, unless you do it, you can't totally appreciate it. Mm. Um, and so... The only problem is, is uh, like my dad has said all my life, I'm very stubborn. I'm very, I'm very, very. Um, what, what we, I don't, I don't uh, concede. And I, I grew up wealthy. I, I graduated Beverly Hills High School. Uh, I'm going to swear on the air to the world. Be careful. I may need. <laughs> be careful. I may need money. Choose your okay, swear words carefully. How about if I spell it? I don't give an S H. U-T, oh, I misspelled it, <laughs> about, uh, about um, money. I need it as more than most people because I spend it much more um, uh, loosely than most people, especially on my kids, as we all do. Mm -hmm. But that isn't my motive. And unless people come to me and say, I'll tell you what the solution is. The only way I'm going to do anything with this, they say, sure, you can have all the, the, the square footage you need of, of, of office space and research facility space, and here's the offices, and you can, and, uh, and I don't do it on other people's string. I, they don't, I don't loan or borrow because unless I'm totally the person who has it locked up and under contract and lease or secured or owned, because I don't like to have the carpet pulled out from underneath me. I don't want to have, I can't have anybody work with me if there's a chance it could be unplugged. They're, I'm, I have to guarantee that they're in a um, uh, 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 um, going to be uh, consistently that we're going to be able to make you know ends meet without right. worrying about it. Right, right, right. And but if I had those kind of resources, I would immediately document it. I'd do it in a matter of months. I'd make inventions in a matter of weeks. There's no impediment. The impediment's me. I don't want to write for grants because I don't want to divulge everything that it does because then it's, it's, it's more of a, a weapon than it is a, a blessing. Because the first understanding that anybody says based on the client claims that I've made is how do you use it wrongly. I won't, how do you well, use it Well, I mean, that's certainly been par for the course. I mean, any, any technology that's been developed as long as man has been on this planet, at least as far as we can tell, uh, has been used you know, in anger. Quite frankly, so so that is a concern. And you mentioned earlier, you said you know it's a Pandora's box that you're opening because when you can do anything, you know, just what do you do? I guess that's what it comes down to, right? And 
I'm going to say this. I don't, I couldn't live with myself if I thought I was a, a fearful person, if I thought I was a coward. But I also know that the only way my motivation is is that the information is shared and that people have, have the right to know it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so much into, into sharing. So if, but what they do with it afterwards, I don't care because it's not in my control. My only effort is to present it in the most positive, loving, truthful manner. Mm-hmm. Then I fulfilled my responsibility of starting them off on the right footing. Right. Okay? And that's why I haven't given in to anything else because when it's an undertaking that's strictly monetarily, I can't even fathom, and I try and pound it into myself every day that... How many hundreds of thousands of years has mankind um, been totally in primitive living situations? Oil lamps, furs for clothes, um, doesn't even know, you know, I, that the earth is round or whatever. I mean, he dies at the average age of 27 years old for the average person. This is only recent in the last hundred years that yeah. we have yeah. what we take for granted now uh, know, of, of advanced civilization. Yeah. And I hold myself responsible for taking what we think advanced now, which is still so primitive, and putting us into where we should have already been. Because if technology is available here now, if we were, to, if I was to get it out there, to the next level of civilization or the end level, which is I don't know what you'd call this, technology running um, on spirit, whatever you want to call it, dark energy, uh, prana, chi. Um, tachyon, monopole, the divine substance of the universe that is constantly emanating, pulsating, is irresistible, is the source of vibration, all motion and time. I know how to tap into that. You know, and Marco, I think it's important that we talk about uh, electron spin. And, you know, I mean, that's been a big question. You know, where does the energy come to keep electrons spinning? Uh, where does it come from? And apparently this is the, the solution to that question as well. Um, the top uh, optics brain from the biggest weapons manufacturer in the world, Tom Dawson is his name. The company is General Dynamics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they're still presently the biggest weapons manufacturer. They were then. Um, asked to join my team. Um, said I had discovered the source of the non-decaying spin of the electron. <laughs> Simply put, um, nobody even approaches the question, let alone... Right. I mean, it's a, it's a tough question to even ask, much less the solution to it. So, Well, anyway, it's remarkable, and that's uh, I mean, it's just another one of the things. And, you know, I can't... Well, every say... agony that we're having today of the planet, of pollution, of heat waves, mm-hmm. of, 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 of blackouts, um, of, uh, of war, because everybody wants to live in the same area and they can't get water, uh, I, can put, I can make the moon an oasis. I could make every desert on the planet. We're not short space on this planet. It's just that we, we don't have the technology to make it habitable, and I do. Mm. And, I could, of course, you know, I'm sure we'll always have problems with, with fighting, but, but I'm an optimist, and I'm going to believe that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least find out if, if we can make it, make it succeed.
Yeah, well, so, so I have this technology. I want to get it out there, and but there isn't too much more I can do at this point. I'm lucky right now. I have at least good computers, and I'm working alone. And every day I'll do a little bit on my own. And that's well, how I've done it my whole life. And it's amazing. I mean, because I I wouldn't um, I wouldn't sit here and not say anything were it not for the fact that I really believe that you're speaking the truth and not only that I mean I've read the reports of people that long before I heard the name Marco Roden uh, people whose work I highly respected and then I read what they said about you so I mean I realize that you're telling the straight story here and I said in, earlier in the program in the first hour that the situation on this planet is not one of of a need for answers it's not a matter of finding the answers now it's a matter of facing the answers and this is what's going on and you and uh, you're not alone but there are lots of people out there that have some answers that would really help solve some problems and it's a matter of uh, just you know we just got to keep pushing this stuff Marco and I commend you for what you're doing because I know it's not uh, BS. Last time I came on your show, I said I wanted to get a facility. Yeah, I remember. Uh, you came close. Uh, business was selling the facility, uh, that was selling the facility took $100,000 off it. Um, somebody, a friend, said that he would pay for it. It was only $120,000. Um, it was an old I wanted the facility. It was 25,000 square feet, 73 rooms, 41 bathrooms. It was a decommissioned hospital. And mm-hmm. Of those 41 bathrooms, most of them were showers. So it was giving me a place for me and all the people who want to volunteer and help me because I couldn't really pay them a salary. Could have uh, done our research and documentation. Writers, artists, engineers, physicists, mathematicians, chemists, mechanical engineers, blah, blah, blah. So it didn't happen. I fell out of escrow because I actually, I just on Friday fell out of escrow. Hmm. And I gave it my best rest. I'm, I'm always willing to try if something comes along again, but the truth is is that I'm not going to wait for my life to see what's going to happen, I'm I'm really in um in a unhappy position. I live in a beautiful house on the beach, but I think I'm gonna as soon as I scan in enough documents and preserve what I got, so if I travel, it doesn't get ruined. All these research papers and discoveries that people have contributed to my work, I'm going to do something radical, and um, I say it on a, it's probably it'll be the best thing that ever happened to me. I think I'm going to go traveling through Asia to some of the poor countries and maximize my limited income to where I will be able to have more space to work out of where I can afford a massage every day. I mean, we all hear the stories how it's $2.50 for a massage in Thailand. Um, I mean, I was in a car accident last week, hurt my neck real bad. It was my fault, I might add. And, um, and it was a policeman I hit. <laughs> there you go. There's, there's some justice in there somewhere, though, I think. And I really scared him because somehow I think he was worried like his job was flashing before his eyes. You know? <laughs> he was afraid I was going to blame it on him. The first thing I said was, hey, I know it's all my fault. I'm sorry. You oh, know? Marco, that's great. And um pulled with his uh, Ford, uh, Ford Explorer. Oh, my God. I don't have a door left on my car. And I couldn't afford a massage, okay? And I, and I was in excruciating pain. I, this country, I can't cut the grade here. And I'm facing up to it. So I'm... I, and I'm not saying it's the burden of the audience's or yours responsibility to come to, to solve my problems, you know. But I'm well. I might want to have, add one thing. Since I did your show, you know, I've been finishing up that four-hour video. Yeah. 
I've had a trickle of two to three to four orders a day come in at of roughly $35 an order. I mean, talk about an income uh, supplanting, you know, my cash, you know, uh, giving me a cash flow. Right, right. Um, and at the same time, getting this information in more people's hands. So. But here's, I'm, I'm, I put the first half up on my website. I'm not going to keep charging for it. I did that just to try and pay to get it done and this and that, but I'm putting it up for free. I'm not even going to maintain that cash flow because it's more better suits my interest if the people can have immediate access to it, share it, understand it, and then take it to the next reality, whatever that's going to be. So I'm not, I'm even going to, Cut my own throat as far as and my it's there. You sent me the link today. I know it. I watch half of it. So because it is, this isn't something that I should be using as my cash cow to make my money off of. I know money is necessary, so it's kind of I've made a quagmire for myself. Anyway, I haven't shared this with you um, and the audience. The, it was a good presentation. It was a four-hour. The first half that's on the website only discusses the um, basic arithmetic and how I built the building box of it. The second half of the video, which wasn't up there yet because it wasn't edited, um, explains the three-dimensionalness of the toroid using the numbers, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And would you believe that the producer, editor, his, the, all the, the hard drive that it was all on crashed and he lost it. I was supposed to fly there on the 25th. Um, he asked me, I was going to do it just after this show this evening. And... Um, so he's, I'm not going, I told him to, he's just, he's now, all his color correction, all his audio corrections, everything was lost, and he's now trying to get it done again. So I, we definitely, as much as we wanted to share it and get it up there, we keep, keep on having hurdles to overcome. So, anyway, but hopefully it'll be done in a month or so. All right, well, at least he got the original material, you know, he didn't lose the whole thing, it's just a matter of doing the edits and... And uh, I know it's more work, but at least you still have the original. So, so you wanted to be technical with me and discuss the math and no, get clarity no, no, and, th- and review. Was there anything? Because we are, well, we must be running out of time. What do you want to ask me? That would be a real <clears throat> difficult thing. On my website, there's an article predicting all primes using the growth of plant, uh, all prime numbers using the growth of plants. That's a good read. It's called the Philotaxis Prime Number Civ. It's up at the website. It's a little skinny <laughs> link. You got to look for it. Philotaxis. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, plants grow. I love plants. Have you, you you've seen that article, right? <laughs> I have. I've read most of the things now on the site. So that's a that's a good read. I yeah, it to... is. It's great. It actually it actually made me think and pull out again this great old book by Peter Tompkins called uh, The Secret Life of Plants. Now, 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 you probably think that I did most of that work on that paper, right? I'm sorry. You think that I wrote most of that paper? Well, I assume that you wrote most of that paper. I know, because there's no name on it. Right. Against my wishes, there's a professor at the University of Hawaii, world-famous plant pathologist, okay? Uh-huh. Expert for the, for the university in this, and the state of Hawaii in diseases of plants. That's who wrote that paper. Is that right? Based, he was my, like, star pupil. I'll be damned. Researched my work, put tens of thousands of hours, and applied it to such amazing things as that. <gasps> that is and awesome. And he forced Martin. me to take his name off the paper, putting it up there, because he says he can't take dealing with the public. He's so busy with his own work. Oh, my gosh. All right, so this is just one example of... Of, of how my work cuts people free to make new breakthroughs. Right, and that's why I'm sharing it. Right. Because it wouldn't exist, and that is a novel paper. There's endless. He did one other application that um, 
other than this, I don't want to. I don't want to bait the audience. But um, anyway, so is well, there anything I'm, you want to ask? Yeah, me? I'm. I'm actually peeking in here in the chat room, and I'm going to see what uh, what the folks here that are listening have to say. If there's anything here that we can relate to you, first of all. Hit me with a steamroller. I don't mind. All right. Well, first of all, everyone says thanks, and uh, now everybody's probably it. pissed at you. You're too supportive and too nice. We, we actually say, tear we them actually, apart. We actually have we actually have a gentleman here that's in the studio with me. His name is Will, and he's like waving at me, saying he's got a question. Let me see. Will, is that Micah? I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, hit me with yeah. your best shot, Will. Marco. All right. All Marco, right. say hi to Will. Hey. Will, this is my friend uh, Marco, and Marco, this is my friend Will. Nice okay. to meet you. Actually, I actually wrote this question down because, uh, you know, as I was listening to you, I wanted to uh, form my my question. You know, I, I I think better in words. The solution that you described earlier, and I can't I I can't I can't describe it exactly. Would you be so kind as to like refresh my memory uh, as towards the solution of our energy independent you know independence problem? Um, I have found uh, at the center of mass of every atom. I got to tell you, I got to tell you one thing, Marco. Uh-huh. Um, I have an eighth grade formal education. Um, everything else I've learned from reading books at the library, I've checked out. So uh, let's let's break it down into. Hey, isn't that usually how we how we learn to be husbands and lovers too? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well put, well put, uh, touche. All right, all right, all right. So in a nutshell, give it to me because my question follows after after that. The, the question ultimately is this. Yeah, let's just get to the question. I mean, I mean, because quite frankly, Will, there are a lot of people smarter than you and me that have said Marco has got this figured out. And okay. There are brilliant people that are saying okay. that. So the question is... I don't doubt your means at all, but practical, ideal, radical steps, no doubt, right, Marco? I guess what? the question is what sort of practical or radical and or radical steps should we be taking? Is that what your question is? More, moreover, I'm saying that that I, I see that I see that you have the end, but I don't see the practical. The uh, you know, how am I going to get to the end? I, I don't see the practical means to it. I, I and I and I can't. Let me, let's be real simple. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they named a coil after me. Okay, it's called the Roden coil. Okay, a lot of people have made it, like uh, John Louise Naden, very famous in um, vertical lift and UFO, trying to look for. Um, uh, uh, vertical lift spacecraft, blah, blah, blah. He's on the web out of France. Mm-hmm. I never spoke with him. He got my schematic, made it. He uses my coil because they have pictures of it, uh, of it up online showing pictures of this huge arms of a magnetic field sucking everything into it. Are you with me? Yeah. Okay. Um, we sent the same coils, not his that he made, but the same using the same blueprints and schematics to Hewlett-Packard Materials Testing Division. Not only did they confirm, which we used our own home-built Gauss meters in a garage, that we were getting 62.5% greater inductance on our most smallest model, not only did they confirm that our measurements were right on target, but they also said they can't figure out where it's coming from. Okay? They said it must only be a result of the geometry of the coil itself, which is it's an air coil. It, it, and that's all it was, was the, the braiding and the weaving. Okay? All I'm claiming is, is I make coils, and, and I... And I have to confess that I never in my life growing up as a child ever had any recognition that a coil would be my, my claim to solving mankind's energy needs, okay? But and there is not a motor that doesn't run on a coil, okay? And I know how to distribute the energy in a coil and braid it and weave it in such a way and know where to leave the spaces, which is just as equally important, 
for these what I call underpinning nested vortices and make the energy and pulse it and energize it just right that I can make that coil do miracles. Because in the center of magnetism, there's electricity, and in the center of electricity is magnetism. I have found the source of magnetism, and it's not electricity. Okay? And there's an energy that occurs at the same time with magnetism that goes in the opposite direction of the field. That I found that only magnetism could give slippage and free play fast enough to this energy that goes in a straight line. Mankind has never seen anything that goes in a straight line. Every math, every document I have reveals on the z-axis on an invisible linear straight straight head-on tangential axis a positive non-bending emanation that is the source of all warpage and curvature of the universe i have found why the universe why evil with cmc squared causes the curvature of space-time reality and i can make on a laboratory workbench the source of a black hole that that powers our galaxy and i can do it Synthetically, I can create an artificial singularity. So I claim that with simple materials that I make E.T. calling home out of uh, the movie with the phonograph, I can take sticks and twigs, okay, and create a device that will blow out of the water anything that's powering that radio station right now. Okay, my specialty is coils, antennas, receivers, transmitters, and that's what we're broadcasting with, okay? Um... Using my coils, the military had a competition, signature antenna, uh, one, using my design, and got the contract to protect the four corners of the United States because using my design, they had the most sensitive coils ever created. That's what I make, and that's the tip of the iceberg. I have found how to tap into the source of the EMS. All right, well, Marco, that's the way to finish it. It was good, actually. You got to Did that help, Will? Yeah, I'm sure it helped, Will. I got a little bit of talking to him to do after the show here. Anyway, he's taking photos of me. So anyway, we'll let him stick with his photography, and we'll let you stick with making coils. And uh, Well, everybody's worrying about if it's a pipe dream, you know? They're always wondering, where is it? What, make it tangible. Make it happen. Everybody's angry at me. Why haven't you done something? And my first responsibility is always to preserve it in documentation with schematics, blueprints, so other people can duplicate it. Because people have come before me, they've made devices, mm. and they took them to the grave with them one way or another. And it's true. we got people talking about Nikola Tesla online. Uh, and that's why right I'm now. trying to preserve it as best I can. And if I can preserve it, then I'll make them. And I'll share them as best I can. I mean, I don't know. People have no under idea how I am just like overextended to the max. Well, we're not going to extend you any further tonight. All right, Marco? Well, so, thank you for letting me share. Yeah, and I thank you for sharing, all right? And uh, hang in there. You never know. The world turns, and we'll uh, never say never, as I said, and we'll see what, uh, what it brings, okay? But hang in there and keep doing the work and do your best to share it, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to share it ourselves. We'll have this, uh, this program up in the archives in the next day or so. And we'll let people listen to it and make their own uh, discernment what they hear, okay? And uh, one more time, I appreciate it. Thanks, Marco. Okay, and take care of the kids. I love them. Um, thanks for being of such good service to me. I appreciate it. All right, take care of yourself, all right? Aloha. All right, aloha to Marco Roden. we got just a couple minutes to finish things up here. It's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit. Uh, next week, Christopher Dunn, the amazing author of Giza Power Plant. He's a, uh, an engineer and a machinist and 
we'll be talking about the masonry and the stonework on the Giza Plateau and the monuments there, the pyramids in Egypt and also some of the other monolithic megaliths around the planet. Chris Dunn is an amazing guy and he knows a whole lot about engineering and what it takes to cut stone and things like that. So we'll talk with Christopher Dunn next week. And in the meantime, I'll just say thanks and come on back. All right. Uh, we'll finish things off. I got a song here from Ism. One more. The title track of their most recent CD called Monkey Underneath. This is that song. It's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And one more time, this show dedicated to the children of planet Earth. May they be protected. All right? And bind the hands and the tools of those who would harm them. It's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit. I'll see you next week.